<laughs> well, on that note, I guess we should start now, okay. if you're ready. That's bonus material for nobody, because <laughs> I'm not leaving this in. For our Patreon. <laughs> for our, patri- our Patreon would suck. If I, if our episodes were unedited episodes, it would be like, oh, I can see why they cut this out. Why am I paying more for this? Oh my god, can you imagine? We'd like get no money for our Patreon. It'd be like, don't We'd subscribe to this. negative money they would take money from us (laughs) oh my god okay hello and welcome to mash mouth a podcast covering every single episode of the hit 1970s sitcom mash i'm ethan and i'm vanessa hello vanessa uh before we started recording i was telling you about how in this cartoon that i like just rupaul is just randomly (laughs) a guest star voice as the villain of the week and his character had nothing to do with being rupaul like nothing to drag he was like an alien investigator and i thought that was like bizarre casting where you're like why is t this character so i wanted to talk to you about like what's your favorite like weird guest star that showed up or favorite just general guest star that showed up in a tv show you were like why is he here (laughs) well i don't know if it's like necessarily why is he here but one of my favorite guest star roles was robin williams in svu he played like the creepiest guy and he did it so well And SVU, like, SVU is a great show, and it has had many, many famous people. But Robin Williams was, like, really famous when he was on SVU. And usually SVU has stars before they're famous. So it was kind of weird to see, like, why is Robin Williams here? And he was so creepy and so gross. Like, it was really, he was really, really good in the episode. But it also, like, didn't make sense for him to be on. That's awesome. I I didn't know that's what you were going to talk about. I thought you'd bring up, like, a sitcom. No, SVU has, like, these wild guest stars for their, their villain of the week. Uh, like, I've seen clips of, like, Chevy Chase was on it as, like, you know, a, a not good man. But I didn't know Robin Williams was there, too. That's awesome. And Robin Williams can do, like, really villainous. Like, have you ever seen Insomnia or One Hour Photo? Uh, he can do, like, those villain roles really well. Yeah, he was really good in it, and I was so surprised that he played Creepy so well because I hadn't seen any of those creepy movies that he's been in. And yeah, the other one that I was thinking of was, she's like a little bit less well-known, but Amber Gray from Town, who plays Persephone, she was also on SVU. And yeah, oh, yeah? yeah, so uh, just everyone that I love is on SVU apparently. So it's a, it's a lot of fun. At some to... point you take a, you take a stint as a, either a victim or a victimizer on SVU. Yeah, literally like almost anyone that you can think of was probably on a Law & Order franchise. I would say other than like random people doing like voiceover work, because it's easier to get people do to do voiceover work for cartoons where you're like hey yeah. come on do a whatever it's only an hour of work come on rupaul you want to be <laughs> uh, agent Mulder for an episode why not i would have to say you know warner herzog the documentary filmmaker uh this old german man like very thick accent uh bald he's 
like kind of scary looking and is this very high profile documentary filmmaker for some reason he's just in one scene of parks and recreation (laughs) just like he hangs out and he's like hello i was living underneath the floorboards like of this like creepy house and that's probably my favorite random guest star role of you're like, wait a second, why is he here? Like I said in the <laughs> beginning. Otherwise, maybe, you know, good old Lynn Manuel Miranda's stint on House. Oh, that for, like, was a few so episodes. Fun. That was so good. He played like such a I loved that character too. He was so cute in that in that role. I loved it. That was like pre Hamilton, but like mm-hmm. post in the heights. So you're like, oh, he's like known, but he's not like the king of the world yet yeah i love (laughs) i love guest stars man i want to be a guest star someday i wanted somebody to be like oh my god it's him uh when they're watching just a random show (laughs) that would be fun like honestly to have some kind of recognition like oh my god that's that's ethan uh so vanessa what was this episode about? Let's get into it. So in this episode, someone seems to be out to get Henry when a series of dangerous mishaps start occurring. But as it turns out, we learn that it's actually not Hawkeye and Trapper up to their usual practical jokes. It's a soldier who is really desperate to get back stateside and back home to see his girl. So this was a this was a, an episode. <laughs> so this episode is called The Cowboy and our... Uh, mystery kind of villain of the week turns out to be this guy who like works with the mash unit to bring like wounded soldiers in and uh, right at the beginning one thing that stood out to me was that he comes in like flying down in a helicopter and helicopter lands and he steps out and there's just like his shoulder is like super bloody like where he's been shot and that stood out to me because I know this show kind of pushed boundaries and will continue to do that uh, later on, but it was still kind of surprising to see that kind of blood in this time period. Did you have any thoughts on that? So I know that um, in the beginning, the show uh, or the, the network, actually, they didn't want I don't think they wanted blood in the show at all. And the showrunners were like, this is a this is about doctors in a mashed unit in the Korean War. There is no way that we can do this show without blood. So the show did kind of push the boundaries of what was acceptable to show in like blood wise, like gore wise. Um, even though I don't particularly think the show was that gory, I think for the time period though, it was like, wow, that's a lot of blood. Like that's real. Yeah. Like it was, it was kind of thick red on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And that's like what stood out to me of like, oh, he's not just bleeding. He's bleeding out. And there's a difference with that. And just the fact that he fully collapsed on the ground, it was kind of surprising to see uh not that it was played very dramatically but it was more than i was anticipating uh from this show this early on it was just one of the things that stood out to me uh maybe one of the few things that stood out in this episode (laughs) because you don't have a lot of uh a lot of thoughts on this one yeah i watched it um very passively because I just and I didn't usually when we record I watch the episode once and then I watch it again for notes and I didn't really need to this time I felt because it was just it kind of just I didn't really have much to say I don't dislike this episode for sure I don't remember this episode all that much when I think about like watching MASH the first time when I was younger but I definitely don't think that 
anything really stood out to me that much in this episode. It's not it's not a favorite, but not for like any bad reason, just because it's just very generic, I feel. I like this one, actually. Maybe it wasn't a favorite, but I did like the kind of mystery that it developed, uh, even though, uh, because it opens with this cowboy and we kind of get to know him, uh, that he's this guy with a big mustache and like everybody's super familiar with him and he wants Hawkeye to be like, hey, my shoulder's wounded. Is there any chance that we could spin this into getting home? And Henry's like, no, I'm not going to, that's nothing. Everybody has something back home. He's just going to have to deal with it. And then that's kind of forgotten about as they do other things things and then just suddenly henry is like attacked from various angles and it's kind of a mystery as to who's doing it because at first you're like oh is it hawkeye and trapper being like goofballs and trying to scheme a thing but then as it goes on you're like oh wait what's happening is actually dangerous so like what do we do here and obviously you know it's going to be cowboy man because he's the only one who showed up in the episode otherwise but you know i did like how it played out Not that it was like anything, like the structure was anything like really different, but I did feel like the kind of mystery of it was pretty interesting. Um, That's not something that you get typically with the episodes. So I did think that that was pretty fun. Yeah, like you said, like any, the, the dramatic irony is that you kind of know that it's Cowboy and not Hawkeye and Trapper, even though that's kind of how they're setting it up to be within the characters, which was funny. Like, I thought that that played for laughs really well when Henry came in. So one of the things that happened was um, a Jeep ran through Henry's tent. And previously before that, Trapper was trying to take that same Jeep on uh, to take a nurse on a date. And Henry was like, no, you're not allowed to do that. And so Henry thought that it was Trapper who like ran the Jeep through the tent to get back at him. And he was just like, where were you? Like, what what were you doing? Where's here? <laughs> like that kind of thing. That was funny. No, it was funny. When Henry explains to them that like, oh, a Jeep ran through and I think it's you guys because like, that's the kind of thing you do. And they're like, how dare you think so low of us? We're not. Uh, what Hawkeye says is uh, Trapper may be crazy, but he's not insane. Or no, he <laughs> says uh, Trapper may be insane same but he's not crazy like yeah they're pranksters and malicious but they're not gonna endanger your life henry and uh how they played that was like pretty good because that was the second incident of something dangerous happening the first was like they're golfing and the golf ball gets shot and the way they react uh trapper and hawkeye was like very subdued to where you're like oh is this hawkeye trying to be like all right i'm gonna get this cowboy a vacation we're gonna shoot a golf ball we're gonna freak henry out we're gonna get him to go home uh but then you know it goes on you're like oh wait a second things are unraveling it's not our boys Who's doing it? Oh, wait, it's the cowboy guy. What? Yeah, I thought that the, again, it's not really hijinks because it was kind of dangerous stunts. Like when <laughs> when Henry was, uh, so to back up a little bit, Henry, when all these events started happening, Hawkeye and Trapper were like, you should leave for Seoul for a couple of days to like get out of, like get out of the camp and just whatever. So then, of course, Frank has to be in charge again. So when Henry is like instructing him, uh, instructing Frank on what to do when he's gone, he is like opening up the drawers, like really nervous that they're going to like something's going to pop out or something's going to happen. And then he throws something on his chair 
after his whole like monologue and the chair just explodes yeah and it's just like oh my goodness what's happening here it was like all these things are so funny how did he even rig a chair to explode like that because it was just like a pop um, to go forward a little bit, Hawkeye and Trapper kind of realize that it's Cowboy and they go into his um into his stuff and they realize that like he has dynamite and like guns and whatnot and it's just like wow he has like a legit stick of dynamite yeah, it was, and like, was like very Ugh. goofy just like they pull out this like cartoon stick of dynamite which i refuse to believe <laughs> i know it is a real thing that people do use but i refuse to believe that dynamite is real nobody's ever <laughs> used dynamite to do anything it's all like a seed for charge these days am i right it's funny though because like of course they they pull out this like pack of dynamite and it's like no like this wouldn't be here that's like so dangerous it's like that's so ridiculous in the very beginning uh this when hawkeye is taking care of cowboy in the hospital uh this character just has a six shooter on him and he's like waving it around and just like yeehaw my brothers and you're like he shouldn't have that (laughs) (laughs) oh my god yeah no exactly he's like he's literally just like waving this gun around just like playing with the the chamber and stuff like that i'm not a gun person i don't even know but he's like it's just so obvious that it's so dangerous and it wouldn't be allowed otherwise except for like the context of the episode and i wonder if uh him being the villain was more of a twist in the 70s because uh cowboys were so so much more regularly hero figures back then uh that having a cowboy character turn out to be a a bad guy i wonder if that was like whoa or if everyone was still like well he's the only one who showed up uh in this episode so he must be the assassin yeah i'm assuming that it was like obvious because i know that we say on this show like oh the 1970s this and like sitcoms up until then were really like pure and this and the other thing but like people weren't necessarily dumb in the 70s yeah exactly like you could sitcoms followed a certain you know and they still do they follow a certain like script basically and it's supposed to be like you know that this dumb thing is happening with this character so yeah yeah no i I, like i know what you're saying though like oh was this was this something that people just didn't know but probably not. <laughs> it's like uh, there was a line in this episode when Hawkeye is like trying to tell Henry like, oh, we should like cowboy guy go home. And uh, it's a, like one of those clever lines that MASH does. Hawkeye responds, are you saying no? And Henry responds, no, I'm saying goodbye, but it's multiple choice. You can pick your favorite. (laughs) It's delivered more uh, cleverly than I said it, but it was one of those lines where it reminded me a lot of like uh, Tarantino kind of Aaron Sorkin, uh, Amy Sherman Palladino, like really those clever guys uh, where it's like, oh, look at my dialogue. It's so clever. And like people will talk about uh, that, that kind of dialogue like Tarantino or Aaron Sorkin invented that. But you watch the show and you're like, oh, wait, no, they've had clever dialogue forever. It's just it wasn't invented in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, definitely. 
in this episode, Henry was not like super mean, but he was definitely like a commanding officer more in this episode. Mm -hmm. Even though he still retained that like funny, like Henry-esque about him, he was very like no cowboy's not going home because just because he has something going on at home like hawkeye was trying to like really be empathetic and send him home and henry was like no that's he's fine no we're not doing that and he was like kind of a hard ass in this episode and it was a little bit almost out of character but he does henry does have a it throughout the episode's And the seasons that he's in, he does have a, from time to time, like a commanding officer presence when he needs it. And it was just kind of strange to see because it was the, I think this was the first episode where he like really showed it. Wasn't just going along like, oh yeah, Yeah. you guys do whatever. Yeah. And he even said, I think he, he, what did he say? Oh, when Frank was coming into, like when Frank was taking over as commanding officer for a few days when Henry was away, Frank was like, I'll have this unit back into shape in no time. And Henry's like, who said it was out of shape? Like, you know. (laughs) One thing that stood out to me when they're in the mess tent, uh, like having lunch. And first of all, nobody's talking to Henry because they think like he's just going to get shot at any moment (laughs) or something. Uh, So they're all scared for his life or their life. Henry gets these like pork chops especially made for them and Hawkeye and Trapper like sit down next to him and like have a legitimate conversation with him and Trapper like takes his food and is like oh I have to make sure it's not poisoned and he just literally eats his entire (laughs) meal in front of him and gives him back the plate and that was the one thing where it's like that's mean like you didn't have to do that you're just being mean if you eat somebody else's whole lunch (laughs) that was so funny to me as well because like it was a very like throwaway thing but it was one of the things that i was thinking about in the episode i was just like that's like an old sitcom thing i feel like it might be a new sitcom thing too where it's just like this dumb thing like that happens but I don't know, like, for some reason, I was just like, ah, the 70s. It's a very old-style <laughs> gag, where you're like, yeah. oh, the funniest thing in the world is gonna be us revealing that a plate is empty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I don't, I can't exactly explain it, but if you're an old sitcom connoisseur, you you might know what I'm talking about. But yeah, it was just like, wow, that's so 1970s humor. I love it. Okay. So this episode, I think, had a really interesting and kind of not thrilling, but kind of intense climax. Uh, Henry does get on like the helicopter with this cowboy before he realizes that he's the one trying to uh, kill him. And they go up in the helicopter together and Trapper and Hawkeye realize like, oh, no, Henry's in danger. We have to contact him. And it is kind of tense. I thought it was like bizarrely tense for this episode. What did you think of it? Yeah, there was like, it was really tense. There was no laugh track. It wasn't really played as funny. This to me was like, it was the most intense part of the episode. It was also for me the most interesting part of the episode because um, so throughout Cowboy wants to go home because he's afraid that his wife or girlfriend or whoever she is, is like missing him. Yeah. So he's afraid that his wife is like missing him to the point where she is like gonna like leave him or cheat on him or something like that so in this part of the episode radar comes in with this letter from his wife and it says from his wife Jean in reno and you know reno was one of those places where people like run away to get a quick divorce and then quickly married and oh really okay so i didn't get the reno joke i was like uh (laughs) reno is 
for me, you know, Reno 911, that like weird mm-hmm. cop show. Like for me, that's what like Reno is. It's like a weird place where like weird comedy hijinks happen. So I thought like they were like, oh no, Reno, like he's from Reno. He's crazy. He'll he'll do whatever. So I didn't get the Reno joke. Yeah. So Reno is like, I don't know if it's still a thing. You know how people like go to Las Vegas to get married really quickly. Like, you know, Elvis marries them and like all that kind of crazy stuff. Yeah. That's like what reno is that's kind of what they were playing at like oh and then he says like oh i'm from reno so they're like okay good and then it starts out with a dear john like it says dear john the letter and they're like oh no it's a dear john letter you know this like maybe for our listeners who don't know but a dear john letter is a letter that like girlfriends or wives would send to soldiers who were at war saying like yeah i'm not waiting for you i'm moving on you've been gone for too long goodbye and you know it was a nicholas sparks movie everybody knows that (laughs) so and then they were like oh no it's a dear john letter and then he's like no my real name's john and it was like it was played as this really funny thing and so as they're reading it they're like oh no like this is gonna be it this is what he was so nervous about is that his wife is gonna leave him and they're like that's it like henry's dead because this guy's gonna go crazy and so as they're reading it she's saying i was tempted to basically cheat on you they didn't say it in all those words but that's what they were implying and then she ends the letter and saying you know i didn't cheat on you basically and i I'm still like worthy of your love and like all that kind of stuff. So in this moment, like it's so intense because you're cutting between Henry up there in the helicopter, like, oh my God, I'm going to die. And Hawkeye and Trapper reading this letter, like, oh no, Henry's going to die. And then it turns out, okay, in the end, thankfully. No, that letter was insane because it's the kind of letter that only makes sense if you're reading it line by line for comedic effect because she was basically saying, I did lose my way. She literally puts like, so this is a dear John, dear John. And (laughs) Radar, who's like with uh, Hawkeye and Trapper when they're reading this, takes off his hat, bows his head. And he's like, oh, dear God, it's a double dear John letter. (laughs) Uh, And then like in the last sentence, she's like, never mind, I didn't. It's all good. And we're like, okay, phew. Henry's not gonna crash into a you know the land below or whatever this guy was planning to do yeah it was like it was really intense too because like before that like when you when Henry realizes that it's um it's cowboy that was you know trying to like kill him basically he was saying what did he say it was really funny he was he was like oh shouldn't I have a parachute too because cowboy had this parachute on when he was you know piloting the helicopter and he's like no like you're not gonna need one or whatever he said so i guess he was like just planning to jump out of the helicopter and leave henry there to crash which is like so ominous Insane. yeah it's like yeah, really crazy not to spoil anything no don't say it don't say it we're not talking about it okay <laughs> anyway no year old spoilers here yeah no <laughs> Okay, I'll cut that out. (laughs) You don't have to. You can keep it in that I'm yelling at you. (laughs) It was this sense of dread because you're like, oh, goodness, is Henry, you know, no, this episode, I thought this episode was pretty good. Uh... (laughs) Yeah, talking about it more, it was funny. It was like, this episode kind of showed for me that MASH was still trying to find its footing. I do forget that this is the first season because, like I said, I've watched this show so many times and even though I haven't seen this episode multiple, multiple times, I'm still so used to these characters 
characters and used to mash that watching it episodically like it is i'm like oh wow okay like this is this is why the show almost got canceled in the first season because you didn't have these like really great episodes back to back to back to back yeah um with this climax why it was so kind of tense was obviously when the actors are in the helicopter you can imagine like they're just in front of like a blue screen to be the sky right but there are shots of just the helicopter in the air with these two men like fighting each other and i don't know how they did this if it was like just on wires or something but seeing this uh helicopter up in the air with these two men struggling it was like no that's legitimately dangerous stop you're gonna hurt yourselves helicopters are scary i'm really curious as to whether it was like I can't imagine. Well, obviously, like, I would hope that the actors were not, you know, in any kind of danger, but it really looked like they were up in the air. Like, it didn't look like a green screen or anything like that. So I really am wondering, like, how if they were suspended in the air, like, that that's so scary. It was so, like, real and intense. That's the thing about watching anything, because even TV shows nowadays have such, like, CGI special effects where, like, everything's computer, everything's on a green screen, everything's fine. But, like, when you watch old stuff like this and it is all practical and, like, done on set where you're like, all right, that looks convincing. Are they really really putting themselves in danger by doing this. It's the kind of thing you can only get with these older things where you're like, I know they didn't have the technology to fake this all the way. So seeing these dangerous moments is even more dangerous because you're like, oh goodness, are they going to get hurt? I think that this is one of the things where MASH really benefits from not being on a soundstage because you can't really do this kind of bit on a soundstage at all. I don't know. I, I just think it's really really great that it was like in the actual like wild basically i thought that was really cool so i have a piece of trivia a little bit of trivia from this episode there wasn't much but it was pretty interesting still so in this episode cowboy is played by an actor named billy Greenbush, and he mostly that's a did... good name yeah i know that's right? a cowboy name if i ever heard <laughs> one that's like mad dog morgan it was funny because he mostly did like cowboy american like all american guy kind of guest roles he didn't have like a really extensive acting career but he he guest starred in a lot of roles um on his wikipedia page his biggest role for television was a recurring character in hill street blues which i've never even heard of i think it was a cop show i'm pretty sure yeah and then also something fun not about him but about his daughters his twin daughters played the character um carrie on little house on the prairie like the little sister and that was the show that was on before mash that i would always watch as a kid that's how i got into mash so i think that that's like funny full circle kind of thing when we first talked about mash in the one two text message punch i was like hey have you ever seen mash and like in the same sentence you're like oh man i love mash i love little house on the prairie so these two are connected for you i know it's so crazy like every time i think about mash i think about little house on the prairie and they're two completely different shows and it's just like the wildest thing but yeah so that's a little bit about him um and then so i thought this was really interesting too and i don't agree with it this episode is the only episode from season one that tv guide listed as a classic episode like one of the classic mash episodes and i just so disagree with that like completely disagree because there are so many like more there there's an iconic scene in an episode coming up 
And I feel like that is more of a classic MASH episode. And I don't really see how this was considered classic MASH, but that's just me, I guess. uh, What we've seen, uh, Yankee Doodle Doctor, I think is like a defining MASH episode for me. Where it's like, I can't imagine the show without that kind of episode, like Yankee Doodle Doctor's important so i am surprised too uh not that this episode is bad or anything but i don't know if i'd call it an all-time classic yeah me neither i i I don't know it's just whatever tv guide okay fine (laughs) who needs you anymore are you in print (laughs) who cares about you tv guide (laughs) everybody just has the internet now so take that you goofball so vanessa our dear friend Jacob, who helps with this show, uh, sent us in a little review of this episode. Ooh. Hey, Ethan and Vanessa. This is your technical consultant writing to say, turns out I watched this episode of MASH before you two could, and I decided to write a review for it. It is pretty funny. Cowboy is wounded but can't get back to the States. Then Henry becomes the target of a bomber that we never see, resulting in some initially scary stuff, but it turns funny later on. I wasn't too interested in Cowboy's arc, but I did enjoy Henry's where the attacks are sudden and it's not obvious who the bomber is. It's played out in a way that really suits the show's mood. Hope you two enjoy. And if any of our listeners would like to send in their review of the episodes that we're going to be covering, you can do so by contacting the show at the various links below. Yeah. So Vanessa, do you have any final thoughts on the episode as we uh, start to wrap up here? Like I said, this was just kind of one of those like episodes. It just happened. For me, it was very like, you know, okay. I laughed. Unlike TV Guide, I don't think that this was a really like iconic, very like classic MASH episode. It had some like MASH moments. It wasn't like it wasn't stand out in it didn't stand out in my mind, I don't think. I would agree with that. I think the the helicopter climax and the kind of mystery of the episode did keep me pretty engaged with it. I liked it, uh, but unlike you, I haven't seen the show all the way through five times. So <laughs> as I <laughs> as I watch it, I'm just like, oh, this is pretty good without uh, the, the basis for like what a really good episode is. Because mm-hmm. we've had some good episodes, but I don't know if we've had that, that 10 out of 10 classic one yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I would say this is a hot take, but I don't think that the episodes get like really 10 out of 10 really good until like season four or five. But that's just and me. that's like a hundred episodes from yes. now. Uh, see you in two years, BJ. <laughs> I don't know who you are yet. I haven't seen any of your episodes. So we'd just like to give thanks to Vanessa's sister, Melissa, for our awesome cover art. Jacob Fiorbalco for being our technical consultant, as well as sending in a nice little review. Links to where you can contact the show and our music are in the description. And lastly, we'd like to thank you, our listeners. Until next time, remember to check your chair for dynamite because there might be some under there. Goodbye, farewell, and amen. Bye, everyone.